Okay, well, we are on the topic of deliverance. We've been doing that for five weeks. Today is week six. And I'm going to start my message by, today by telling you my favorite deliverance story. Um, many of you guys have already heard it, but it's so dang funny, i got to tell it again. Um, I actually have a couple that are really funny to me. But um, anyway, Holly and I were at her Aunt Tina's. <coughs> they asked us to speak at their life group meeting in Toronto, Canada. And... Um, we are speaking on the goodness of God, and then we are actually at the end just praying for people, laying hands on people. And Aunt Tina had invited a friend of hers from work that was into tarot cards and doing a bunch of other stuff that she knew was not godly. The lady did not know Jesus. And uh, at the end, she stood up and wanted prayer. So I'm praying for this gentleman over here. Aunt Tina's over here praying for this lady. But before that happened, uh, let me go back a bit. Before the meeting started, um, we were waiting for everybody to get there and just, you know, seeing our waiting, greeting everybody. And this elderly lady, she's probably 75, 80, she came in with a walker. And she came in, like, super slow, like, really, really slow. Like, I mean, just like, you know, it, it literally took her five to seven minutes to get to the door, from the door to her seat, which is like 20, 25 feet. And she was just really, just really slow. So you need to remember that part because it comes uh, comes to a factor in a minute. Um, so we started, excuse me, started praying for these people, and Aunt Tina prayed for this lady. She instantly fell on the ground and started rolling around, screaming. She looked as normal as anybody in here. Around, ah! I just started doing this thing. Right? I'm praying for somebody else, and Aunt Tina's like, "I need some help." I was like, "Okay, just give me one second. I'll be right there." And um, I turn around and look over this way, and that old lady's booking it for the door. I mean, she was just like, the walker. I mean, she was going super fast. She went from slow to the streak. She was like, she was like, she was at the door in like 10 seconds. She was gone. She went home, didn't come back, didn't know what happened to her. But it was so funny. I almost couldn't pray for a minute because I was laughing so hard. Yeah, she got a touch of the Lord right there. She just needed to go. Another one that was funny happened was uh, I was in Burnsville at a church over there. Uh, I think it was a Pentecostal church, and they asked me to speak over there years ago. And I'm praying for people, and they're getting healed, and some are falling under the power of God and stuff like that. Well, at the end of the meeting, uh, this lady came up to me, and she's a rough-looking lady. It looked like she had a rough life. And uh, she started talking and then talking and getting more aggressive and getting closer and closer to me. And I was starting to back up a little bit, and I'm feeling this EBGB creeps coming uh, off of this lady. And she's like, I want you to know something. I'm a prophetess of the Most High God, but every day I feel like blowing my blankety-blank brains out. And I'm just like, okay, you sound like a prophet of God already. Like, like wow. I'm just listening to her. And next thing you know, she's yelling and shaking her finger like this at me. And her false teeth went flying out of her mouth, like, like right towards me. She caught him midair, shoved him back in, and just started yelling some more like, like that. Like, well, man, I was surprised I didn't get hit with her spit, but her teeth flew out. So anyway, uh, I prayed, put my hands on her, prayed for her. She fell out under the power of God, and I said to the pastor, I said, you got some work to do with this one. Uh, I'm going to leave it to you because I don't know this lady or her stories, but um, good luck with that. Um, so anyway, those are a couple of my favorite um, funny stories about it. It is, it is uh, I mean, you don't know when it's going to happen sometimes. We were in a, a nice home. It seemed like everything was just fine, and all of a sudden that lady had this manifestation, and uh, anyway, so um, it's not just mean, nasty people that need deliverance, it can be anybody. So I want to, again, we're going to go over this uh, today, deliverance, 
This is, I think, the last part, but if you guys have questions, you can text me, email through the week, and I'll share again next week. If you do have some more questions I, I didn't cover. But so far, we covered how demons are real and how Jesus really did cast them out of people. It wasn't a figurative thing. Jesus literally cast demons out of people in the Bible. We looked at the supremacy of Christ over demons and how Jesus said he cast them out by the finger of God. It wasn't like this big stressful event for Jesus to do this. It was by the finger of God. We looked at demonic activity in the Old Testament. We looked at types and shadows of demons in the Old Testament. We looked at the question, can Christians have demons or be demon-possessed? We looked at how demons gain access into our life, and there was three main ways. was generational sins, sins done against you, or sins done that you, you committed yourself. We looked at dangers of getting involved in things we don't understand, like the seven sons of Sceva did. You guys know that story. We looked at King Saul visiting a medium, another thing not to do. And we looked at dangers of getting information from an ungodly source, like psychics and things, like the fortune-telling slave girl in Acts 16. Then last week, we looked at different types of demons mentioned in the Bible, some implied by the Bible, some that I've experienced personally, and others from that big list from that book, Pigs in the Parlor. And also, we looked at possible signs that you may have a demon influencing you. So we've covered a lot of stuff in the last five weeks, um, and there's so much more things to do that, to teach on this or share on this, but I'm hitting some of the highlights. Literally, I've took four classes on this with Global Awakening. I had I have a stack of books at home, probably this high, of books I had to read for this class. One of them is like this thick, and uh, because the Bible doesn't talk a lot about how to do some of those things, people have come up with their own formulas on how to do it. There's many different ways people do deliverance, but the important thing is that we need to do it. Do you remember the, uh, the disciples came to Jesus one day and said, hey, we saw this dude over across town casting out demons in your name. We told him to stop because he wasn't one of us. He said, man, don't stop him. If he's, not, he's not against us. He's for us. Don't stop him. So we don't need to be stopping people, but some people actually talk to demons. I think it's Bob Mudford has this ministry. He goes into prisons and stuff, and it's on TV. You can see on YouTube, it's kind of creepy. I had to watch it for class. And he literally makes this these convicted felons of all kinds of awful crimes. And he does deliverance on these people. And they have amazing breakthrough and results. And he literally has these people, these demons, speaking through these people. It's crazy. And it's not my style. I don't think the Bible definitely recommends us that, that way to do it. But this is the way this guy does it. And he gets results. So I'm not going to criticize his ministry. But... It, uh, we say, well, how can you know the demon's telling the truth? He'll say, well, this stand-up is true before Almighty God. He has this really deep voice. And then I say, no, like that. I mean, it's, I mean, for real. Like it's, and then, uh, then they say, what is the truth? And then he says what his name is and he commands the spirit to leave. And there's spirits of lust, rape, um, incest. I mean, all kinds of stuff that's coming out of these people. And it's tough to watch it and not think, wow, that was real. I just tell you, again, not the style that we do here, but that's this guy's style. So today we're going to look at some more things about demons. We're going to look at what to do if something strange happens in your neighborhood. Who are you going to call? Uh, if something strange happens in your house or in someone else's house that you're visiting, what are you going to do? You can't just be like that old lady and run for the door with your walker. You know, you, you might need to help somebody with that. Uh, we're going to look at what to do if you need if, if you need to do deliverance on a family member or friend? What do you need to do? And what do you need to do if you need to do deliverance on yourself? So we're going to look at those three things today. So first, what to do if something is strange is happening in your house? 
Now, what I mean by strange is like opening and closing of doors, lights coming on and off and things like that. And I'm not talking about because you opened a window or you opened a door and it created this vacuum and all of a sudden this door shut. Okay, that's science. Okay, that's not demons. All right. I'm talking about literally something's going on in your house and it shouldn't be going on in your house. The windows are shut. The doors are shut. There's no vacuum around. And all of a sudden the cupboards are banging. The doors are happening. I could, I could ask people in here how many have experienced that. And I would just, I'd guess 20, 25%, maybe more if you either have experienced that or you know someone who has experienced that. So this is not something that I'm exaggerating. Actually, the first Sunday we started this series, we had guests come, uh, and they were sitting back there, and they came up to me afterwards because they had stuff like that happening in their home, and they were freaking out, and they wanted to know what to do about it. And as first, you need to give your life to Jesus, okay, first and foremost. But So um, I'll tell you another story. <coughs> Years ago, I was in Roanoke, Virginia. Here's another weird story. And I was asked to go to this family's home to, to, to do a house cleansing type prayer to get these demons out of this house. So I was like, all right, let's go. So I was excited to go. I got there, and this lady was, um, her husband was in active service in Iraq, so she was there alone with her two daughters. And her two daughters talked to this demon. This demon, or multiples, I don't know, opened closed doors, opened the fridge, did a whole bunch of weird things, and they named him Charlie or something like that. And they talked to him, and they were uh, they knew why we were there, and these two teenage girls started freaking out that we were there to command this spirit to leave. They were like hysteric. You can't make him leave. He's our friend. He'll be mad at us. Like they think it's like Casper the friendly ghost. Guess what? There's no such thing as Casper the friendly ghost. Okay. They're all demons. They're all dark. They all hate you. They're all a sign for the devil to steal, kill, and destroy. There is no cute little ghosts. There's no cute little demons. Okay. But these girls thought they were cute or whatever. They were afraid of us kicking this thing out. They're afraid of what they're going to do in retaliation. So they're hysterical. They're crying. Myself and the youth pastor trying to calm them down, explain to them, they're not your friends. Okay, they're not, okay, and the mother's in the other room, she's upset because the girls are so upset, and so finally we just went to the mother and said, listen, you have spiritual authority in this house, what do you want us to do? Do you want us to leave? you want us to cast these things out? She goes, I want them gone. Now, apparently, we heard a rumor that there may have been a murder committed in that home. I can't uh, verify that, but we heard that, and whatever happened when they moved in, all this weird stuff started happening. All right, so we commanded this, these spirits to leave. They left instantly, and the girls were like, no, no. They were like freaking out, honestly. You, you could hardly believe it if you saw it yourself. It's like, what are you doing? But somehow those spirits made them convinced that they were their friends, okay? The devil is not your friend. Demons are not your friend. They're trying to steal, kill, and destroy. They might act friendly at first, but in the end, they're going to try to come in and take your lunch and pop the bag and just have their way of ruining your life. So first, if you get in a situation like that, you need to find out who has spiritual authority in the home. Who has it? And then you need to ask them like we did, do you want the house cleaned or not? Because sometimes people don't, all right? Now, I actually do this sometimes, not every time, I do this sometimes in hotels, because you know, who knows what happened in that room? You don't know what. Hopefully it was good, but it might not have been. So when we are asleep with my family in that room, we do like this cleansing, blessing prayer in the room, because sometimes you walk in there, it doesn't matter if it's Motel 6 or the Hilton or whatever, you walk in that room, sometimes like, bang, something just feels off in here. 
Okay? It's, it's a wise idea to do that. Not because you're going to get demonized, but you probably sleep better. Okay? And it's good for you. So... Dick Robinson wrote out a detailed description, a house blessing prayer. We had it out here before. I can get you a copy if you need it. But in every um, house blessing, there's, a, there's the cleansing of the house, and there's also the blessing of the house. And I'm going to read you a little bit from Dick's um, article that he wrote up about this. <coughs> he said, houses, even brand new ones, are all seriously tainted by the world and, work and the work of the enemy. God's people are wise to cleanse them and then ask God's blessing on their homes, even before they begin to occupy them. When people who are infested with demons occupy a house, they will bring into the house objects and artifacts that may have demons attached to them. These people will engage in activities that are sinful or which may even be in the category of abominations to God. These activities give demons permission to enter the house and take up residence there. Reports have been received of bizarre happenings in houses all over the world. Non-believers and even Christians will even create <coughs> rational explanations of why these things are happening. And they don't want to accept the existence of demons, or don't want to, um, or want to, uh, don't want to accept the fact that demons could be in their house. In Europe, people will often use the German phrase "poltergeist" to explain these happenings, and "poltergeist" means friendly ghost. So if you've seen the movie, I hope to God you haven't seen the movie. I think everyone who was in that movie I heard is already dead. Um, demons are real. You don't mess with that stuff, okay? And not saying people's heads are going to spin around backwards like Hollywood, whatever it does. But there are no friendly ghosts. Poltergeist means friendly ghosts. There's no friendly ghosts except for the Holy Ghost, amen? That's the only one, all right? It says, goes on to say, Carrie and I have been asked to come to many couples' homes to counsel them when their child's nightmares are fits of screaming in the night. Usually this is because of the demons that are already inhabited in the house. At times, we, we have found that this Christian couple has brought into their home, even their child's room, an object or artifact that was demonic in some way without their knowing it. Demons have been brought into the house, and they were harassing the child. Once the object was removed and the house was blessed, the child was able to sleep peacefully. Now, you, just because we don't know something or understand something doesn't make it not real. People literally put curses on objects that we buy in stores sometimes, and you have to have gifts of discerning of spirits, which is a spiritual gift in the Bible, to tell if something's cursed or not, okay? And if you want to bring it into your house or not. I, I, um, what's the guy's name? Anyway, he wrote a really good book on intercession. Dutch Sheets, I think it is. Tells this story about how he brought in his family emblem into his house of the family heritage name. Brought into his house this, this um, shield-like thing, put on the mantle. And after he did that, he started having these really bizarre things happen in his home. I can't remember all the details, but just really bizarre stuff. He prayed and asked God what to do because you need to destroy that thing. And not saying everybody's family shield or whatever is bad, but for whatever reason, that particular one had some kind of curse on it. He obeyed God, got rid of it, destroyed it, and everything went back to normal in his house. Okay, so I'm just telling you, sometimes your kids are having night terrors. Might be something in there uh, attached to an object, or it could be just a spirit you need to come in to leave. In our house that we live in, in Lauren's room, I don't know who slept there before or what happened in that room, but in Lauren's room, she's the only one of our kids that had, uh, like, she'd wake up, like, shaking, trembling, like something bad's going on. So Holly and I had to do some house cleansing prayers in that room because... We would, we, I could walk in there, and it was late at night. You could just feel fear. You could feel 
darkness. You could feel something's not right about something that happened in this room. So I'm going to share with you a type of prayer. This is from Dick Robinson's paper. Again, I'll give you a copy of it. Of what you can pray in your house or a friend's house if they ask you to come over because they need help because they're going through stuff. Okay? Has anyone here been asked to do this before? Okay? It's real. So this is part of his prayer. With the authority given me by Jesus Christ, the Lord of the universe, I command all demons in this room to leave right now. Leave this house. Leave the property right now in the name of Jesus. And if you suspect some uh, abominable things have taken place in that room, you may also want to break any curses that may have been been inhabited by this sinful act by saying something like this. I renounce the sinful conduct that took place in this room, and I break any and all curses that were formed because of it in the name of Jesus. So, um, again, if there's something strange in your neighborhood, you might need to do something about it, not just run for the door. But I hope when I'm sharing these stories with you, it doesn't generate fear. I hope it generates empowerment that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world 24-7, all the time. Doesn't matter, okay? So you're not gonna, your kids aren't gonna get the spiritual cooties. You're not gonna get, you know, you're not gonna pick up on the hitchhikers or whatever. And if you do, you command them to off you, whatever, and you're you're good. But you are supernaturally protected by Jesus, okay? Okay, couple you believe it. Um, all right, I really hope and pray you guys experience this. You say, Pastor, don't pray that. I think we need to experience this so we really realize what we're, we, we can dabble in sometimes. It actually is really bad and can and, 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 uh, be bad for us. So I pray you experience it in a, a good way, okay? All right, number two. What do we do if we need to do deliverance on a friend or family member? Now, I'm going to share this 10-step deliverance model that Randy Clark and their um, ministry uses. But Randy Clark, when he first started out in the ministry, he was at a church in... I think it was Kansas or something like that, and uh, or St. Louis. Anyway, and uh, he, he was there having a prayer meeting on a Wednesday night, and everything was going great. And all of a sudden, the least likely person in the room started manifesting a demon. It was a cute old piano player lady that taught Sunday school. She looked so sweet and kind and gentle and nice. She started manifesting a demon, and Randy was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. And no one in the room knew what to do. So they called up his friend, Blaine Cook, who we met on our Brazil trip, and he started going over with Randy step-by-step this 10-step deliverance model. I don't know if he did it over the phone or if he emailed it to him or what, but Randy went through step one through 10 in a row, got done about one in the morning, and he's, but he said it worked. She was free. So um, pay attention. I get you a copy of this. But 10-step deliverance model looks like this. Make the person the priority, not the demon. The demon's trying to make a big scene, trying to make you scared, intimidated. Don't be impressed with devil stuff. Don't, don't be impressed with it. Don't, don't be intimidated. Don't be impressed. It's just trying to mess with your emotions, okay? So make the person the priority. Keep a loving attitude. Be encouraging. Raise hope that Jesus is our deliverer. Don't let them freak out. Like, hey, this is okay. I've seen this before. Relax. This thing's going in Jesus' name. So if the Spirit is manifesting, <coughs> bring it under submission in the name of Jesus. You can take authority over that Spirit. Do like Jesus did. Be quiet in Jesus' name. Submit in Jesus' name. And you may have to do this a few times, okay? Um, Sometimes they're stubborn. Sometimes they don't always listen. So demons desire to cause a scene. 
They want to embarrass people, okay? So like in this setting, in this room, if someone was manifesting something, if it was possible, I try to get one or two people to escort that person out of the room and minister to them, one, to protect their dignity, but also so the demon won't put on a show. I mean, you could take them in the back and they'll instantly stop doing it. I mean, without even before you even pray, because the demons like to embarrass people and put on a big show and make you feel fear. You don't need to be afraid of that. They're real, but you, you have power to take care of it. Amen. All right. Establish and maintain communication with the person. This is number three. Um, if the person is not like conscious, they're not really speaking to you, they're not kind of there, maybe their eyes are rolled back, they're just kind of not being present. Speak to them, talk to the person. It's important to get their cooperation in this process. So you can talk to them, find out their name. Don't talk to the demons. I, I, I'm not doing promoting the Bob Mudford version, even though it works for him. But don't talk to the demon. If the demon talks to you, do what Jesus did. Say, shut up in Jesus' name, or be quiet in Jesus' name. Jesus did that many times, didn't he? He said, he said you're, the, you're, you're the Christ. You're the Son of the Most High God. He said, shut up. Don't tell him that. Okay? So, um... You get get to talk to the person. Said, "I'm I'm talking to Bob. I'm not talking to you, Bob. Bob, are you there? Okay, listen. I want to talk to you. So it's important to do that. Get eye contact. Step uh, four: Ask the person if they want to be free. Ask them if they want to be free. They might not want to. Okay. Uh, I told that story before, but the lady in Canada that I prayed for, that she came up for prayer, said she wanted to be free. Then later she changed her mind and didn't want me to pray for her. It doesn't make sense. I don't understand it. But we have to respect their personal decision in this. Uh, doing deliverance on someone who doesn't really want it will actually do them more harm than good. Okay? So, um, step five. Receive. The person must receive Christ for deliverance to be effective and long-lasting. Now, I'm not saying you use this as a blackmail chip on them. Now, listen, now, things are going to get a hold. But you can say it, but don't use it in, in a manipulative way because we don't want to manipulate people in the kingdom, okay? Jesus is glorious enough on his own with us trying to use, you know, manipulation tactics to trick somebody. But in order for that deliverance to be long-lasting, effective, they have to be a Christian because they have no spiritual authority if they're not to stay free. Amen? All right, step six. Holly actually experienced excuse me, this in India. This lady was having night terrors, having really bad dreams, horrible stuff going on. And she wanted to receive Jesus as one of her gods, so just so these things would go away. She didn't want to renounce all of her other stuff that she was worshiping. So Holly's like, it doesn't work that way. I'm sorry, I can bind these spirits from manifesting in my presence. But I can't, if I command them to leave, you're going to be worse off than you were before. And the lady foolishly got help for a couple of days, but she wanted to still worship her Hindu gods. And so that was her choice. Step six is reveal. This is where we interview the person, discover events, things that happened in their life, their conduct, different relationships they've been a part of that's led to these type of bondages from taking place. So to me, this is the hardest part. This is the part that takes the longest sometimes. And this is where we, again, need the gifts of discerning of spirits to know what's really going on here. Okay? Um, in this step, God reveals areas where the, the enemy has legal ground. Reveals where, <coughs> excuse me, where forgiveness is required, where repentance is required, and breaking of bondages are, are, are needed. Also reveals open doors, if no obvious place uh, to start, start with their parents. And not to throw the parents under the bus, but people sometimes have um, problems with their parents, and that can be an open door when there's lack of honor. And it might not be that that person, but it could be. 
and then consider possible curses. That's all under reveal. And again, there are whole books on each of these things. I'm just going over it briefly with you guys. Number seven, renounce. This is where we lead people to close the doors, forgive whoever caused the pain, and led them into that wrong conduct. Uh, repent and ask forgiveness for specific sins. So, for example, it's important to be specific for things. So, uh, you say something like, um, Father, forgive me for hating my neighbor or for bitterness towards this person, for sharing my body with somebody I wasn't married to, for reading horoscopes. Whatever the sin was you did, ask God to forgive you specifically for that thing. Then renounce all sins or evil spirits that are involved in Jesus' name. You can renounce soul ties. You don't know what they are. We'll tell you when you want to know. Renounce uh, spirits received by sins of others. Renounce spirits received from your uh, each sexual partner. Renounce packs with Satan and inner vows, which must be renounced and, curse, and curses broken. That's a whole lot of stuff I just said there, um, but it's all real. People make inner vows uh, without even thinking of it, and they have po spiritual power. I'll never do this in my life. I'm never going to be like my dad. I'm never going to be like this. And guess what? That's an inner vow you made, and it doesn't honor God. It doesn't honor your father. I made that personal inner vow that I would never be like my dad in a certain way. And guess what? The more I tried to not be like him, the more I became exactly like him. Because it's a spiritual principle about honor and dishonor. And his boomerang effect was coming back at me. The harder I tried, but when I started honoring him and forgiving him and releasing my bitterness and anger towards him, then I became more like just me and not this bent towards that. Okay? So, another prayer you could pray. In Jesus' name, I renounce the spirits of lying or cheating, depending on what's going on. You could put the different words in there. In Jesus' name, I renounce the vow I made that I'll never trust anyone again. Or I'll never trust a man again. If a girl has been molested and, and in that way, they may have said that vow, or I'll never trust a man again. Well, guess what? Jesus is a man. Okay? And even though I understand why they'd say that, it's an unhealthy vow of self-protection. And Jesus wants to be the one who protects our hearts. Okay? So it's not the best thing to do there. Another one, in Jesus' name, I break the power over every curse over this person's life, over my life, or whoever's life, from my, their, <coughs> their father's careless critical words, or their mother's rejection, or whatever the scenario is. That's number seven. Eight. Rebuke. When all doors are closed, cast the unclean spirits out. If the demon doesn't respond, doesn't obey you, go back to steps six and seven, which I can give you the sheet if you want it, to check if there's something missing. There was some other open door that you didn't get. All right. Number nine is rejoice. Praise God for his mighty deliverance and power. And step 10 is rebuild. Fill the house. Pray for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit and fire. <coughs> Excuse me. You remember when the spirit comes out of a man, he goes around dry places looking for a home. It's trying to come back to its own home it was just in. Doesn't find one, comes back to the other one because it was swept clean, it was put in order, but it wasn't filled. Okay? It wasn't filled. Either it wasn't filled with the word of God or wasn't filled with the spirit of God or whatever. It wasn't filled, so they come in and the second condition is worse than the first. Okay? Jesus said that first. You guys know that? Amen. Okay, so it's gospel truth. All right, number three. What to do if you need to do deliverance on yourself? <coughs> Excuse me. After I had my personal deliverance, I found that many of the spirits I battled were gone for good, and other ones I felt like kept trying to come back around. 
like a stray cat or something. I'd wake up some mornings and just, I'd feel off. I just like, I don't know what it is, but I just feel weird today. I'm not sure what happened. I just, so I take out this demon list I had that Dick Robinson gave me, this tiny fine print that he wrote in. Um, and I'm not sure I had everything he wrote on that list, but uh, I say I had majority of them. I didn't count them because I didn't want to have this big number, but it's not, it's more than seven of Mary Magdalene, I'll just tell you that. Um, yeah, this is, this is my list, actually. I'm just showing you right off the start. Again, I don't know if I had all of them, but I would say most of them. So, like I said, majority of them left, never came back. And with some of them, I'd wake up some mornings, it's like, I just feel weird this morning. I don't know what's going on. So I'd literally take out that list. You can leave it on there if you want. I take out the list on this little piece of paper that Dick Robinson gave me, and I just go over each one and say, this one, yes or no, Holy Spirit? I'd be like, no, no, no. I go over, no, no, no. Yes, there it is. It's this one. And usually it'd be two or three. They're kind of in a, in a row there, like accusation, critical spirit, judging, and fault-finding. Or irritability. Where's that one? Um, I know it's on there. Yeah, whatever it is. I don't see it right now. But, um, oh yeah, frustration, irritability, intolerance. Those are usually the, the top three that I had to fight for a while afterwards. I don't know why, how I was bent. Uh, also, the critical spirit, fault finding was another one, because partly how I was wired or whatever. But when you come into agreement with these spirits, you, it becomes a familiar spirit for you. And you actually think it's yourself, when in reality, sometimes it's actually a demon. So for two weeks... After my deliverance appointment with Dick Robinson, I walked around the house saying to Holly multiple times every day, man, I feel so weird. I feel so weird. Good, but weird. Because this list I thought was me. And there's another whole part that had to do with fears. Is that one on there too? Yeah, here's my fear list, which is hilarious to me because I thought I am not a fearful person. And this big long list of fears... Um, again, if they're all demons or whatever, I'm not totally sure, but I'm telling you, most of them were. Fear of intimacy, vulnerability, poverty, fear of man, disapproval, judgment. You can look through the list. And again, demons get their name from their assignments. So what I found out was that even though I went through deliverance and had this really amazing encounter with God, I still had agreements with some of these spirits. I still had strongholds in my thinking with some of these. So even though they left because of heart wounds and doors that were still open in my theology and in my beliefs, the doors were still open for them to return. So that's why I went and had multiple sozo appointments because it helps find these believe lies. Okay, Dick Robinson's model is great. I love it. I think it's great. But we also had to find the believe lies that gave these things access into our life. Okay, so um, that was my list. I have a little prayer that he put on there. So aftercare is important part of deliverance ministry. Just because I went there, I, I was at Dick Robinson's for five days. Okay, I thought, oh my gosh, I must be a real case if I'm at this guy's place for five days. I'm like, man, I must be really messed up. And uh, you know what? I was a lot more messed up than I realized. I seemed normal to the people around me. The people I knew were normal. But in the spirit and how God wanted me to be and how God saw me, there was a whole lot of junk, as you saw on that list, that didn't come from God. Okay? You guys okay? 
I hadn't showed anybody that list before other than Holly, I don't think. But um, I was still a good guy. I was still preaching here. I was running the youth group. I was doing everything I knew to do. I was uh, praying every day. I was praying in tongues. I was still praying for people to get healed. And they were getting healed, usually. Not always, but usually. But I had demons. And Dick Robinson told me right by the bathroom over there that I had demons. And I, like I told you multiple times, now, I was highly offended. But guess what? He was right. And you might too. You might not, but you might. But I want to tell you, the Ryan Briggio 2.0 version is so much better than the Ryan Briggio 1.0 for me. I don't know how you like me different or better, or the same, whatever, I don't know. But how I like myself is a whole lot better. Because I hated myself a lot of things. I, one of the things I said to Dick Robinson in our room, he goes, what's the overall feeling you have about yourself? I said, and, you know, the youth group was going good. People loved me. My family loved me. Holly loves me. The kids love me. My life was good. But he said, what's, what's the overall feeling you have about yourself? I said, I just feel like I suck. And he said, at what? I go, everything. It doesn't matter what it is, whatever topic. I just suck. And I know that's a hard word, but that's the word I had. And he goes, well, I don't know if we have to cast it a spirit of suck or what. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's what he said. But, um, but afterwards... After I, I'll tell you a few more stories of this because I hope I've already told you this much. Might as well keep going down this trail. So I stopped deliverance for a minute because <coughs> I needed a drink, and I'm still very skeptical that is this even legit? Like, is this for real? Are spirits really coming out of me, or is this just Dick Robinson and is this just my imagination or what? So I went to get a drink because I literally threw up in a bucket when I was getting these demons out. And in all Dick Robinson's 30 years, I am the first, maybe the only one who actually threw up in a bucket. So maybe I was the basket case for his uh, whatever. He kept saying, you're not going to throw up. I said, dude, I'm going to throw up. Give me a bucket. He goes, you will not throw up in Jesus' name in my office. I go, give me a bucket, a trash can. I'm going to throw up. Anyway, so I did. And Anyway, and uh, felt really weird about that. Awkward, vulnerable, like, eh, you know, you don't want to be, like, usually when you throw up, you're by yourself in a bathroom with a door locked or something, you know. So anyway, <coughs> um, I went to the bath, I went to the kitchen to get a, a drink. I'm going to the, the fridge, getting a drink, and I hear this in my consciousness or whatever. He's like, we need to get out of here. I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, who's the we? Like, oh, okay, I'm convinced now. Let's keep going. I'm convinced now. Like, I literally heard that. Let's, I was like, I'm not going anywhere, but you're getting out of me. I, whatever you are, you're leaving. So we went through this process. And I'll tell you, it was, some of it was hard. Some of it was vulnerable. I was shared about my pain, stories of my childhood, stuff that I went through that I wish I never went through. But at the end, Dick and Carrie Robinson loved me into health. I had to still fight for some of it. I had to still go back over that list to see where I had agreement with some of these things. But in the end, God set me free. And this whole series has been called Free Indeed. Because the Bible says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. It doesn't make you a bad person if you have demons. It makes you a person who the devil is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But you don't have to keep them. You don't have to name them like pets, like Charlie or anybody else. You can get rid of them in Jesus' name, and you can be free indeed. Okay? These aren't philosophies. It's not just theories. Jesus said it, and he absolutely meant it. And one-third of his ministry was casting out demons. 
Now, it, we didn't come so uh, new generation scientific that those things went away. No, they didn't. Okay? We just uh, have new titles we can put on our phobias and whatever other stuff. But in the kingdom, there's no fear. There's, it doesn't exist. In the kingdom, there's no jealousy. Like, if you get a promotion, a raise, a new car, a new house, whatever, in the kingdom, like, yeah, hallelujah. Not like, oh, man, why does he always get that stuff and not me? Do you know that could be a demon spirit? It's mentioned in the Old and New Testament. Jealousy. You're believing that God would do something for them more than he would do something for you. It's a lie. Rooted in lies and insecurities and stuff. So, um, yeah, that's probably enough for today. <laughs> I'm going to share with you a prayer, what you can do. Dick Robinson gave me these little <coughs> little prayers to pray every day to stay free. He gave me this cute little Charlie Brown on it and stuff. And I pray this prayer every day for a while. After a while, I made the prayer my own. But it went something like this. Lord Jesus, I thank you for giving me your delegated authority to deal with demons in this world. Now, please remove from around me and my family, our home, all principalities and powers and cosmic beings. Thank you. And then he, he changes the big Now all you demons, I remind you that I am a child of the Most High God. I belong to him and not you. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ, the Lord of the universe. He has given me delegated authority to say to you, depart from me, you evil spirits, and stay away. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I hate you because of what? Because you are evil, and I want nothing to do with you. <coughs> you do not have permission to enter into me. Be gone in Jesus' name. So he had a prayer like that. I pray um, daily or as I felt the need of this oppressive thing around me. The Bible says, guys, above all else, guard your heart, right? For out of your heart flows the issues of life. And sometimes things get into our heart that aren't from God. And we need help from each other, from the Word of God, the power of the Spirit, to stay as absolutely free as you can. Amen? Amen. Well, I was just very vulnerable with you guys because of one reason, because I love you. And I don't want you to dismiss the possibility that you might have a spirit. You might have said, I will never forgive this person. Well, guess what? When you did, uh, you possibly opened up the door to bitterness, to a spirit of this, a spirit of rebellion or whatever. And God doesn't have that spirit. He didn't give it to you. Your stubbornness gave it to you. It might have started with the flesh, but once you partner with the flesh, the Bible says what? You reap what? Corruption. Okay? And when corruption comes, you can actually invite these spirits into our life that are going to make something that was just a minor thing into a stronghold. Okay? So, I, I'm not going to do any mass prayer for deliverance or anything like that. I just want you guys, again, to be mindful to be prayerful and ask the Holy Spirit. If you want a copy of my list, I'll give it to you. If you don't know what some of those words are, you can get a dictionary and look it up because I didn't know what some of them meant either. But uh, all I really want is like Jesus, is for you to be free and be free indeed. Amen. Amen. So you guys will stand. If you do need help with uh, freedom, let me know. We'll set up a sozo appointment for you and we'll pray for you and believe God for breakthrough like breakthrough I had. Amen and Holly had, and others in here have had. So God be glorified. There's a lot of things in the spirit realm, God, we don't understand. So we have your word to teach us these things. Teach us truth from lies. 
And I just pray, God, that lies, believe lies in our hearts would be exposed and the truth would be revealed by the Holy Spirit. You said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And I pray for a release of the knowledge of God for truth to come. We wouldn't believe according to our flesh. We wouldn't believe according to our genealogy <coughs> or our past, or our family. We wouldn't believe according to these things. We believe according to the word of the Lord. Whose report will you believe? So God, I bless your people today. I thank you for them. And I pray for ever-increasing freedom to be theirs. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you guys. God bless you. Hope you have a wonderful afternoon.